Hello, Community Health Center advocates. This is Jennifer Turner, and welcome to this week's Advocacy in Minutes. Joining me today are Kristen St. John, Deputy Director of Grassroots Advocacy, and fellow newbie to our department, Yoma Chikese, Grassroots Advocacy Program Associate. We are so glad to have you with us, Chioma. Please take a minute and tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to the Grassroots Advocacy Team. Hi, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, everyone, for having me. As Jennifer mentioned, my name is Chioma Chikese. I am a recent graduate of, from New York University, where I received a bachelor's degree in global public health and anthropology. I've been at NAC for about a year, actually. I was in the PCI Networks Relations team on the Training and Technical Assistance Department. However, I just recently transferred over to the Grassroots Advocacy team because I really wanted to get a bit more involved in advocating for community health centers and making a difference in that way. And I'm super excited to be here and work with Kristen, Jennifer, and Susan. Thanks, Gioma. I'm actually looking, I'm, I'm just excited about working with both of you from now on. So this is always good. Well, Today is Thursday, November 4th, 2021, and here's the latest in advocacy and more in minutes. Gratitude, it's an easy word to think about this time of the year because we have a holiday dedicated specifically to this feeling. As a team, we wanna take a moment, especially considering the past two years of living and working through a pandemic, to thank community health center staff and patients, many of whom are frontline workers. Many members of Congress have long championed the innovative, equitable care that community health centers provide in medically underserved communities. As they work to pass infrastructure legislation to strengthen our communities, we are grateful that many, prior, many prioritize access to health care as a worthy investment of our tax dollars. Most of all, we are grateful to you who use your voice to experience and experience and passion to advocate for community health centers with your elected officials. Health centers can thrive with champions standing with them, ensuring they receive the necessary funding to fulfill their unique mission. As always, please email us at grassroots@nac.org if we can support you in any way. Jennifer, it's been a busy week on the Hill. Give us a rundown of what's been happening. Kristen. Something that NAC and specifically the grassroots advocacy team has been keeping a close watch on with great anticipation is the release of the draft text of the Build Back Better Act, which was released by the Energy and Commerce Committee yesterday. With the draft text for the new $1.7 trillion framework for the Build Back Better, aka BBB Act, being released, House Democratic leadership now looks to vote on this act and bipartisan infrastructure bill this week. Progressives have indicated that enough progress has been made on the BBB Act that they are willing to vote on the bipartisan infrastructure bill. In the meantime, Senator Joe Manchin has said he is not entirely behind the BBB Act and wants more information on the bill's long-term physical and economic impact. Notwithstanding, there are numerous ways the BBB Act could positively impact health centers. Chioma, will you share with us what some of those highlights include? Absolutely. Some of those highlights include $1 billion for health center capital, $3.37 billion for teaching health center GME, $650 million for the National Health Service Corps, $200 million for North Corps, expansion of Medicare to cover hearing benefits, but not dental or vision, and significant strengthening of Medicaid and ACA benefits, 
including a continuation of ACA tax credits, especially for people in non-expansion states, permanent expansion of the CHIP program, expanded investments in outreach and enrollment, 12 months continuous Medicaid coverage for pregnant and postpartum individuals, and one year of continuous Medicaid coverage for children, an expansion of 100% FMAP for urban Indian organizations, Native Hawaiians to 16 quarters. The framework also includes investments in combating climate change, affordable housing, and childcare, and is fully paid for through tax increases on corporations and wealthy Americans and repealing the prescription drug rebate rule. While progress is being made, Democrats are still negotiating provisions on drug pricing reform and immigration. As Democrats negotiate these changes, NAC will continue to monitor the bill for health center priorities closely. Thank you, Jennifer and Kiyoma. Also in Hill News, the House and Senate appropriators have started negotiations on government funding. What this means is the December 3rd, 2021 deadline to fund the government is approaching. House Appropriations Chair Rosa DeLauro, D. Connecticut, invited Ranking Member Kay Granger, R. Texas, Senate Appropriations Chair Patrick Leahy, D. Vermont, and Ranking Member Richard Shelby, R. Alabama, to work on a government funding deal. While lawmakers have indicated that another continuing resolution is likely, hope remains that the two parties can come to a consensus on defense and non-defense spending and other sticking points. A continuing resolution would, would continue level funding and prevent earmarked direct spending from being included. Okay, thanks, Kristen. Shifting gears a bit, let's look at what's happening in health centers. In my own home state, North Carolina is notably breaking down barriers to accessing dental care in rural areas. It is noted by the American Dental Association that 67% of all dentists in the United States don't accept patients on Medicaid, which is an insurance for those experiencing poverty. One solution is bringing the dentist to, to school. App Healthcare has, completely, has a completely portable dentist office in Ash County. They're going to schools, farms, you name it, to make dental care more accessible. An increasingly important focus of advocacy is sharing our stories. Heartland shares their stories of how they are truly a health center for the entire community. Heartland's origin story began in the late 1990s when a physician and a group of local pastors transformed a small Sunday school classroom in the basement of a church into an exam room for the uninsured in Lawrence. We've come a long way since that time, receiving the designation of Federally Qualified Health Center in 2012. Our new facility features 36 primary care exam rooms, 14 dental treatment rooms, six behavioral health rooms, a lab, and a fully stocked food pantry called the Care Cupboard, which is a collaboration between Heartland, Just Food, and Harvesters. We will also open our new pharmacy, which will offer the convenience of a drive through window early in 2022. That leads us to a great time to remind everyone that the NAC blog is one of the places reporters look for innovative ways community health centers respond to our community's challenges, as we've seen in both of these stories. Check out some of the recent stories from NAC staff and let us know if you have a story that you want us to tell. Some quick reminders as we close. To share stories or for further support, please email us at grassroots at NAC.org or follow us on Twitter and Facebook at HC Advocacy. 
As always, a huge thank you to all of our advocates for your strong advocacy efforts. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and healthy, and we'll see you next week.